the volume. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sports book, incredibly easy to use, super safe, totally secure, super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets, live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. Well, usually, welcome in to the Wednesday morning podcast. I have Al Michaels on, one of my idols growing up. And um, usually I have a a 10, 12-minute preamble, uh, some thoughts and rants before my interview. But I went a little long with Al. We talked everything from John Madden to his first major league game, which is a remarkable story, Uh, some Olympic stuff. Miracles on ice you've never heard. And I'm not going to get in the way of it. I'm just going to let you enjoy the next 45 minutes or so. Here's Al Michaels. All right, a couple times a year, I'm lucky enough to talk to Al Michaels. I've um, I've said this before that um, the t- two or three broadcasters in my life uh, that had formed some sort of personality for me were Howard Cosell when I was eight uh, maybe Costas and Al Michaels when I was 18. And uh, I always start saying this, Al, you were the best uh, baseball play-by-play guy um, that I'd ever heard. Uh, of course, people in Los Angeles, Vin Scully, sh- almost Shakespearean in his reverence, right? We and, and Vin really is remarkable. It's almost literature on radio. But you, it's interesting, Al, you made a pivot to football, my first job out of college, you did the Hawaii Islanders. I did the Las Vegas Stars. So I was a baseball guy. And Vegas changed me. I could bet on football. I loved betting on football. And I became, I wasn't a huge NFL fan as a kid. I was a college football baseball guy. You made a pivot. Much like Tiger Woods changing clubs at the height of his game, you were the best baseball guy. And you said, I'm going to go to football. And you were doing both. But that was not, at the time, was there a moment you went, what What am I doing here? Or what did you do with conviction? So, Colin, basically what it amounted to is I cut my eye teeth in baseball. Yeah. Loved baseball. Did the Hawaii Islanders. Did the Cincinnati Reds. Big Red Machine. Bench, Rose, Morgan, Sparky, Perez. Went to the Giants because they tripled my salary for three years. Went to ABC and did all 14 years of Monday Night Baseball. 
Yep. Before that ended, they put me on Monday Night Football. So in 86, 87, 88, and 89, I was doing both. But I loved and still do baseball. And I was shattered when we lost the rights to baseball going into the 1990 season. So by that time, I was already doing the NFL. I had done a lot of college football as well at ABC. So it wasn't a matter of voluntarily giving up baseball. I desperately wanted to do it. But I was in a place, ABC, that did not have the rights from 1989 on, except for a couple of years when we shared uh, some baseball coverage with NBC at the old baseball network. And that was it. So the last baseball game I did would have been in 1995 when I did the fifth game of the World Series between Atlanta and Cleveland. And I had a feeling that would be it. And I did one, one other game with Bob Costas at, at uh, the park in San Francisco for the uh, baseball network back in 2011. But that was the last time I did baseball. And I truly missed it. I mean, it was it was a big gaping hole in in my heart in a way. But then, you know, I just got used to it. So it, it, it wasn't a matter of wanting to pivot from baseball yeah. to football. It was a matter of I had no choice because ABC just didn't have the rights. You know, it's interesting. I did a few games in Hawaii, play by play in Aloha Stadium. And our vantage point, and I imagine yours was similar, was like up. Well, remember, you did Aloha Stadium, which they built when I left. I was at a place called Honolulu Stadium, hard by Waikiki on the other side of the Alawai Canal, and we used to call it Termite Palace. So that's where <laughs> I did my minor league baseball games at the termite, the old Termite Palace, which was a jury rigged place that they they added like three hundred seats every eight years and had a capacity of twenty thousand. It was also the football stadium, and that hosted any number of hula bowls and the University of Hawaii football games and high school football. Okay. Here's my one Aloha Stadium. So it had kind of a washed out turf by the time I did a game there. I'm like 22 years old, 23. And I'm with uh, an older gentleman named Dom Valentino, a uh, rest in soul. I knew him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dom was quite a character. So Dom had failing eyesight by the time, you know, I'm this kid out of college and he took me under his wing and he had done A's games, I think Yankees game for a year. He, he was by this time 50s. And I learned a trick from um, Dom broadcast with great conviction, regardless of what happens. And there was <laughs> a ground ball as we were elevated. We thought you could not tell with a washed out turf. And um it actually ended up Dom Valentino's call. He got a little lost. He said, here's the two and two. We had a very guttural sound. Two and two ground ball to short and it's gone. It is a two run blast. <laughs> <laughs> and he never paused for one second. No, no. Just make make it sound good. I know. And it's so funny because you, you mentioned because I remember I didn't get to do minor league baseball there, but I went back any number of times because I was doing the Pro Bowl for a number of years when I was at ABC and even at NBC. And I know about that washed out turf because, you know, somebody got paid a lot of money to put in a a piece of garbage a carpet in there. Right. And I remember that turf looked like to me, it looked like it looked like the rug in a seedy, like six dollar a night <laughs> motel is what it looked like. Not the Motel 6, even these Motel 6 now charges you like 60 bucks a night, but a really, really yep. seedy hotel. I remember that turf very well. So, you know, do you prep, Al? Um, you have a very conversational tone to begin with. Uh, has your prep changed? I A few years ago, I've, I've always given every show two hours of prep, but I will say that it's gotten easier over time just simply because I've done it so often. And there are days I can do an hour prep on a Monday during the NFL season. Uh, it's just easier for me. Or is your prep still uh, remarkably similar to when you were 27 years old? I would say it's even more intense, Colin. And the reason is the Internet. The fans now know a lot. They didn't know before the Internet. They didn't have access to it. So before the internet came about and all of the, 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 the talk shows, 
and and um, other you know newspaper availability uh, around the country. Uh, the fans could not know a lot of what you knew. Now they know a lot of what you know, and I've got to go deeper into that. And also, we live in this kind of like, not that I pay that much attention to it, but we're kind of in the gotcha world where if you make a mistake, oh, yeah. you know, what's he talking about? Get rid of this guy, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, we know what that's like, that anti-social media nonsense that's out there. But I I have found that I, I do more work than ever right now just to, to come up with some of the nuggets that I know because of our access to coaches, owners, players, personnel, people, et cetera, uh, people who really understand the league that the fan, the average fan can't know about. And I think that's the type of thing that really stands out in a, uh, in a telecast. I know one of the things that uh, when we had Arizona a few years ago and one of their uh, assistant coaches had been an assistant coach in Super Bowl one in Los Angeles. This was like 50 years later. And people the next day would say, wow, what a story that was. But that was the thing that, you know, I was able to discover by talking to the right people and finding out and going back and researching what had happened in Super Bowl. One. So, you, you, you know, you're looking for things like that. But in terms of, you know, pre- preparing for a game, it's a, it's probably a 60 hour a week ordeal for me. You know, there's a John Madden documentary coming out here on Christmas for Fox. You've had a lot of great partners. Um and you, you know, you work well with a lot of people. Um, I mean, they put a comedian in the booth with you and you made it work. Um, Madden was so different, Al, in that I, I remember once reading an article that said, you know, he hit you like a strong drink. He was just such a force of personality. Was it was it difficult? I mean, because you knew that you nav- you've always been a guy that you navigate the play and then you set somebody up. Uh, John was different. Uh, there was a Barkley quality where he just didn't do it like anybody else. Was that easier or more difficult for you? I had seven wonderful years with John, and it was, it was basically very easy. And one of the reasons was when John came to me, in 2002 at ABC on Monday night, he had left Fox and Pat Summerall was either going to retire or not be on the number one game. So it made right. it easy for John, for John to come over. Uh, we had heard each other so much. I had heard John do hundreds of games. John was always in the bus after a Sunday game on Monday night. He'd heard me do hundreds of games. And I remember when we, we got together for the first time and, and our producer, Fred Gadelli, who's still my producer on, on Sunday night now, Fred said to us, uh, do you guys want to do a, a practice game off tape and we'll roll the tape and you guys can see where you are. And John looked at me because I was kind of the, the senior guy at that point. John's coming to ABC and I'd been there X number of years. And I said, um, I don't think we need it. And then we walked out of the room and John said, I'm glad you said that because we both felt that it would have been artificial to sit there and try to figure out where we were in front of a in front of a, a, a monitor and calling a game in a, in, a, in a studio, a fake game. So I know when when John and I made our debut together in uh, 2002 at the Hall of Fame game in Canton. By the time I got to the second commercial, I felt like I was I'd worked with this guy for 15 <laughs> years. This yeah. was the easiest pie, and we just had I think a, a genuine feel for each other's rhythm. And we had a great amount, you know, I had a great amount of respect, obviously, for John. I think he did for me as well. And it made it so pleasurable and so fascinating. And and I've said this before, Colin, I think one of the great things about John is that apart from the game itself, apart from when we were in in a football world and we would just, you know, be talking at dinner, uh, he was a fascinating man, extremely well-read, curious about everything. And the greatest, some of the greatest conversations I've had with John had nothing to do with football. I mean, he was a, a true Renaissance man and is. I, I love in the documentary, I saw a clip of it and he said uh, he had never thought about broadcasting. And then the minute he did it, he's like, he used to call all of us hairdos. And then the minute he did it, he knew it was perfect for him. So for a lot of people, Al, you and I remember him coaching. 
And mm-hmm. I can remember like Jerry Tarkanian, it was the short sleeve dress shirt, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. kind of, of ill fitting. If I said to somebody, um, do you remember his coaching style? Do you, if I said, hey, what was like Eric Coriel, Bill Walsh, what was, I? because I don't necessarily, I remember him as a big flamboyant personality on the sideline yelling at referees. What was his coaching style? Do you recall? Well, it was pretty much what the Raiders style was too, you know, go vertical. And he had Kenny Stabler as his quarterback for the most part through those years. Yep. And they had a lot of speed, Cliff Branch and, and, and the rest. And they were a physical team. They had you know, the Matuzaks and the Longs and, and, and the guys who could, you know, could beat you up, basically. And so they were physical. They were exciting. The, the Raiders in those years, I would say, I, don't, I would describe their games as exciting. They played not only winning football, but unbelievably entertaining football. And you go back through some of the games that John coached, and those are some of the most memorable games in, in the history of the National Football League, including, of course, the uh, you know the Franco Harris cash, no catch, which, of course, John right. on, has to live on the other side of. But he he was a guy, and, and you know, it's so funny you talk about, you know, Jerry Tarkanian and maybe the short sleeve dress shirt. With John, to me, when I picture him on the sidelines, John was always, he had a, one of those paper credentials tied to his belt loop as if he needed a credential to get into the <laughs> Oakland Coliseum, right? But I love it. There was John, larger than life, a guy who's going to go to the Hall of Fame as a coach, and he's got that little credential dangling from his belt loop. Uh, he was special. Hey, the NFL playoffs are almost here. And to help you stay on top of the action, FanDuel Sportsbook's giving you a $10 bonus when you play $20 in same-game parlay bets. They're fun. You can win a lot of money without betting a lot of money. Fast payout, safe and secure, America's number one sportsbook. The same-game parlay bonus is live through today. Lock in some winners and enjoy a $10 bonus on FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up. Promo code always Colin, always, to get a free bet Free bet up to $1,000. That's the promo code Colin. So they know that we sent you. Go to the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Again, safe, easy to use, fast payouts. I love betting FanDuel Sportsbook. I had a good weekend. Hope you do too. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbookfanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Kumo test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be.
Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You'll be doing a Super Bowl this year, another Super Bowl. Correct. And it's funny about these Super Bowls. Uh, the half times get longer. Uh, the, the broadcast day gets longer. But I think by and large, the league has done a really good job, Al, to always understand their sport is a television show. And I don't think other sports have necessarily understood that. Um. The, the 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 media critics in America, and maybe it's because print people by nature don't love big and powerful people, have hammered Goodell a lot. Although I find him much more personable than Tagliabue, who was more the accountant, very dry. Um, you know, you've watched all these sport, sports grow over the course of your life. You've seen some like boxing and baseball don't have the social currency, the water cooler currency they used to. Um when give me the moment you believe that football surpassed baseball in your mind um, in America, because as a kid growing up, it was seventy five Cincinnati Reds, Garvey's Dodgers. It, it 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 felt like to me as a kid in rural America, baseball was king. Did it change for you at a certain time? It's a good, great question, and I don't think it changed overnight. I could feel it starting to happen in the 70s for whatever reason. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, the, you stop doing the, the blackouts and people in those cities could watch the games. Um, I think by the early 80s, it became uh, a foot where I, I think that's where football probably surpassed baseball. Uh, I think part of it, too, is the technology. Football televises so beautifully. I mean, yeah. you know, all sports do right now. But you are in places that you couldn't imagine being in years ago. I mean, with that camera hovering above, you know, be behind the, 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 the offense, with the, the sideline cameras, with the close-ups, with, you know, 4K and, and, and digital. I mean, the... I've just watched the involvement of this and every sport is now televised better and, and in a sense more beautifully, but football is made for television, yeah. just made for TV. And I remember having a discussion once with Jimmy Johnson at that time was coaching, I think Miami. And we were in some uh, cold weather city. Miami was on the road and I was doing Monday night. Jimmy and I were down the field, just yakking a little bit uh, an hour or so before the game. And, we looked up into the like the upper deck and the end zone on a really cold and really bitter night and trying to figure out why would anybody choose to sit up there when they could sit at home, you know, and have a hot chocolate or whatever and, and, and watch the game on television. And, and Jimmy had a, a great line. I'll never forget it. He was describing the difference between television and being there. He said, you know, on television, TV can make a, a four-yard gain look like Armageddon. 
If you're sitting up there, a four-yard gain is a four-yard gain. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And it's so true because if you're sitting, you know, in the upper deck, in the end zone, what do you see? I mean, there's a, there's a run over right tackle, four yards. But at home, you can see so many different aspects of that game. And you're, you're, you're it, me, the intertwining of that game with the commentary and what's happening and, and just the tapestry of the game is so different at home than it is in the stadium. So I think that had a lot to do with it. As I say, you know, baseball televised beautifully these days, too. But football is the king. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact it is the perfect television sport. You know, um, so much has been made. I mean, you've had just this incredible career and now it's going to be extended. Now, I don't keep up necessarily. I should do a better job of this on the trades. Uh, you are going to be I'm hearing rumors about Thursday night football. Is that done officially? No, it's not done. I mean, it's I, mean, I know what, what's out there is my deal ends uh, after the Super Bowl okay. uh, in um, in February. And NBC is going to be very involved in the production of yeah. the Thursday night games, at least initially. Uh -huh. So there's a little bit of a, a blending there. Sure. So I don't know exactly what, what's going to happen. And I've been able to this year, Colin really kept it over on the side because I'm enjoying this year so much. The right. games have been great. Love the people I work with. Just love them to death. Uh, the greatest crew ever. And I'm, I'm so fortunate. And if you begin to think about other stuff, I think it takes away from the joy of what's what's going on at this point. And I, you know, I hear people like uh, Aaron Rodgers talking about savoring the moments and you savor them when they happen. And I want to enjoy this year. And we've got the Super Bowl coming up and we're doing two other playoff games and week 18. There's, a, there's, there's so much to that's happened this year and look forward to that. If I start to drift over to what will happen next year, I, can, I don't want to go there. I will say this. I, I love doing this, and I have no intention not to be doing football next year. I do want to do it. Yeah. Well, you, you do a pretty good job. As, yeah, let's just say that. I think you're pretty good at the whole damn thing. So Musburger told me this once. So I was in the back of a car. He, we were getting driven to an event we were doing together for Toyota, if I recall. And, you know, Brent, like you, I you, when you hear a broadcaster and then you sit next to him in a car, you're at dinner with them. You know, it's really funny. And... um I could hear Brent three feet from me. It, it, I just was waiting for him to say, you're looking live at the steering wheel. He's, you know, <laughs> and I asked him, I said, Jesus, Brent, you're doing, you live in Billings or something. You got a game in uh, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Do you ever just look at your schedule? And it's just overwhelming. He goes, Colin, the next game is the only game I know. And I uh. thought that's the way to do it. Don't look at my schedule. What's the next day I'm broadcasting? And that's very much what I'm thinking about in terms of this year. I want to just soak all of the pleasure I can out of this year. Next year will be next year. As I say, you know, uh, God willing, I stay healthy. I, I love what I do. And if the brain continues to, you know, work in some semblance of, uh, of you know, of, of normalcy. Yeah. I do want to do it. I love doing it. I really, I've always loved sports. I've been a sports fan since I was, my father walked me to Ebbets Field when I was six years old. And, you know, I've, I've never lost my love and passion for sports ever. I bet you, you know, the players that played in that game. Cause I remember my first Mariner game with uh, Frank Tanana on the mound. I can recite from Danny Meyer at first, Julio Cruz, Craig Reynolds, Bill Stein, Bob Stinson, Diego Segui, Lee Stanton, mm -hmm. Rupert Tupi, Jones, and center from the Tigers. I bet you can recite every player in your first baseball game. So my first major league game was when I went to Cincinnati in 1971. And we opened up uh, with Atlanta. And in those years, Cincinnati was given the opportunity to open up the season by themselves on a Monday as a standalone game because they were the oldest franchise. So it's Riverfront Stadium. I cannot believe I'm in the major leagues. My kid in my mid-20s came over from Hawaii. You know, the town is looking at like, what the hell is this? And they hired some kid from Honolulu to do what? <laughs> does, he, does he come with a lay around his neck? So the first batter 
uh, in the game. First of all, the, the pitcher for the Reds is Gary Nolan, who is a very good pitcher. Remember that. And the first batter, the first batter is Sonny Jackson, and Sonny Jackson was uh, the, playing shortstop. The second batter was Ralph Gar. Yes, who had won, who had won two batting titles. Batting titles. And the and the third man up was a guy by the name of Henry Aaron. So it's <laughs> wow. a one, two, three inning. Third, he's the third third guy in in my career that I I called. Uh, the Reds come up. Uh, Phil Necro is on the mound for Atlanta, so he would go to the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose leads off for us. Tommy Helms bats second. Johnny Bench third. <laughs> Where do you go from there? That's the, there you go. That, that's your first inning. And by the way, Tony Perez is in the game. It's the year before Joe Morgan would come. He wasn't, but Sparky Anderson is the manager. He goes to the Hall of Fame. Um, we had Davey Concepcion and people like that uh, as part of that team. But what a thrill that was. That was just phenomenal. And I remember Sonny Jackson led off and he hit a ground ball to the hole on the right side between our first baseman, Lee May, and Helms. Uh, is playing second base. And I, Tommy went to the hole, wheeled around, threw him out. I said, you know, one pitch, one great play. That was my opening call of uh, the first uh, the first batter that uh, that I called back in 1971. Oh, yeah. That's remarkable. Well, I just, you know, th- those are those are moments. I mean, those are lifetime moments that you cherish and you think back and you know, those are hard to forget. Really, I here's something as a broadcaster that I think about. This is so odd, and in your years of listening to me, I'm sure you've never thought, "How does Colin get home after the show?" But I've thought about this with Al Michaels. I think. He's not going to a hotel. He's getting on a plane and flying home. What do you do when the game is over? Do you come home that night? Not from the Eastern or, or Central time zones. It's just it's too late. You know, I'm doing a night game. I mean, if I was doing a day game, yeah. Uh, no. If it's on the West Coast or the Mountain time zone, we, we do a rare game in the Mountain time zone. But if it's Denver, you know, Phoenix, before the time change, yes. But uh, I've always tried to do that. Now, you know, I've been... I married the right girl, been married for over 50 years. And I think one of the reasons that it really worked is that even in my years at, at ABC, when I was you know, doing wide world of sports and college football and a whole bunch of stuff, I would make it a point to get home as fast as I could. I felt it was very important. And I think uh, my wife did too. And, you know, it's for what it's worth, uh, here we are, you know, going down the path and it's been a long, long time. And uh, I found the right, as I said, I found the right girl and uh, you can't get any luckier than that. If I could, where'd you meet her? 10th grade, Hamilton High School, Los Angeles. I grew up in New York. We moved here when I was in the 10th grade and she was in a class with me in the t- and we became friends. We weren't sweethearts. We were pals and we had a whole collection of friends and we always hung out together. And my house was kind of the clubhouse because my mother was a combination of Phyllis Diller and Joan Rivers. My mother was the character of characters and all of the kids loved to come to my house. And Linda was among those kids. And then when we were like 18 and we were both in college and I went to Arizona state, she went to Cal state Northridge. And we had a, I came back into town. I said, why don't we go to a game or movie? I can't remember what it was. And, you know, the, the, the good night little smooch became like a real smooch. Like, you know, it's like, whoa, we, uh, we kind of moved over the, 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 a barrier here. And it was like, hmm. So, and off we went. We got married and here we are. Where's Hamilton High in L.A. at that time? Where where is Hamilton? Uh, yeah, Robertson Boulevard. Yeah, it's the same place. It's uh, Robertson near the uh, Ten Freeway. Same. Is it still there? Still there. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I say this all the time. People complain about California, and listen, our tax rate is uh, remarkably high. Uh, Correct. Um, it is, uh, but it's got Mediterranean weather and a nice breeze, and I don't like winter. And you know, it, it, it's it's funny. You didn't use I can remember as a kid growing up in the Pacific Northwest, people hated Californians because they'd move up and 
housing prices would go up because Californians are uh, big consumers. They had good money and they'd come and they'd buy all the nice Washington state homes. Right. And I can remember my stepdad's like, oh, Californians are the pits. But I one of the things as a kid growing up in the Northwest, I was a I, I grew up with the Washington Huskies, Don James teams. And I loved USC. I was never threatened by California. I was fascinated by the Lakers. I can remember Elmore Smith and Don Ford and Happy Harrison. I loved the Lakers. To me, I couldn't afford Disneyland. We didn't fly as kids. Um, why have you remained in California? Because you're from here. You could have left. You could live right in the middle of the country. It'd be much easier, Al. Why have you remained here? Well, I moved here when I was 14. Liked it a lot. Uh, went to Arizona State, but back and forth. And then Linda and I got married here. And um, I started my career a year and a half later after we got married in Hawaii. Lived there for three years. Lived in Cincinnati for three years. Lived in the San Francisco Bay Area for 12 years, even though I only did the Giants for three. Went to ABC and we continued we we continue to live in Menlo Park and our, our kids were raised there. Then we moved back in 86. We were kind of like, you know, approaching a little bit of the, the midlife thing. And my father had died just before that. And Linda's mother had died. So we had the surviving parents and, and both of our, uh, and, and uh, all of our siblings were here and other relatives. And we decided to move back to LA. And now we, we moved back here. And frankly, Colin, we've lived in the same house for 36 years. Part of the reason is when we think about moving and we've thought about it from time to time, getting a bigger house, better house, what have you, uh, the thought of having to go through all of my junk and collecting <laughs> it is so anathematic that we have continued to live in the same place for 36 years. And we have no plans to move because the junk pile has just increased like 50 fold. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Vredestein test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Do you have a piece of sports memorabilia that I would be surprised you have? Oh, probably not. I mean, I've got some memorabilia, but uh, nothing that would really stand out. I mean, I had a a collection of Sports Illustrated for about 25 oh. years. They were in the house, but my wife moved those to public storage. So they're there, but they're no longer in the house. We we had to make some room. And so I had to give up the uh, Sports Illustrated in the house. But if I want to go down to public storage, if you want to come down with, down with me someday, we'll we'll go through the files and go through about 500 Sports Illustrated. Or I'm more. not the only person that had that, by the way. I always... Yeah. The great part about my stack, which my mom moved to the garage at some point, is I would keep a Playboy right in the middle of it in my teen years. Hey. But of course, who did? You, right? you do what you do. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, as, as we wrap this up, I'm not jealous of much. Like, I'm glad I chose the career path. I started in play-by-play. I went to local TV. I ended up in opinion. And I think it fits my personality. Um. And I've been to every sporting event except the Kentucky Derby that I've wanted to. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to explain to somebody the other day, I said, there's one moment in my life that I, I would love for somebody to explain to me that I wish I was there and you were. And I remember watching the 30 for 30 from the Russian perspective on Miracle on Ice. Right. And Russian players saying... And this was a hardy group saying we were we were scared. And Al, we know about your call with you and Ken Dryden. Take me to the environment an hour before, an hour and a half before. Is it unique in your experience? It, because it's a fairly small venue. Is it in all your NBA finals and all your games? Did it feel unique? as a moment in time? Well, you have to start with before the Olympics, what did you expect? And the expectation was that the U.S. team, if everything worked pretty well, would win a bronze medal. The Soviets were the best team in the world, bar none. The Czechoslovakian team before that country broke up, Czechoslovakia, number two, clearly. Three would be U.S., Finland, Sweden, Canada, Germany, possibly. Okay. So the best case scenario was bronze. When I got the assignment, I was pretty happy about it because I actually wanted, I wanted speed skating because Eric Hyden was expected to win five gold medals and he did. And that would have been, I thought that was the premium event. I know I wasn't going to get Alpine skiing because Bobby Addy and Frank Gifford loved the Apre ski scene. And they were friends with the boys. <laughs> so, 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 so that was out. So hockey, I, I actually, I loved hockey as a kid growing up in New York. And I was the one guy on that staff, which included Keith Jackson, Frank Gifford, Jim McKay, Howard Cosell, uh, Chris Schenkel. I knew what offside and icing was. And I was the only guy who had ever done a hockey game. I had done one. So I get the assignment and I'm happy about one thing. At the Winter Olympics, it's always good to have an indoor venue. Right. I don't need a parka. I can go to work <laughs> in, a, in a blazer. Now, the, the hotel in Lake Placid was maybe four blocks from the arena. So when the whole when it starts, the U.S. team on open the, the night before the actual opening ceremony, the U.S. team with 30 seconds to go in the game winds up with a tie against Sweden. Bill Baker scores a goal. And it's like, whoa, 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 that's that's pretty good. That's not a bad start. Sweden was 
perceived to be a little bit better than we were. Now you get to the second game. We're playing Czechoslovakia, and we killed them. So it's like, wait a second. What's happening here? U.S. went seven to three. Uh, now you, they go, they beat Norway, they beat uh, Romania, and they beat Germany. So now they get to the medal round. And it's like, okay, they're going to play the Soviets, but they're going to get killed. And Ken Dryden and I, had we'd been to the Soviet Union. We had watched that Soviet team play six or seven games. We'd watched them in the Olympics. They just toyed with teams. And the conversation that Kenny and I had as we walked to the arena, probably at about two o'clock in the afternoon, we said the game started at five. So we're walking over to the arena. And I remember saying to Dryden, you know, if it's only like 3-1 midway through the second period, it sounds close enough to keep an audience for a while. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so now U.S. falls behind quickly, one nothing. look out, tie the game, fall behind 2-1. Mark Johnson gets the goal at the horn at the end of the first period. It's like, whoa, the second period is dominated by the Soviets. So now it's 3-2. It's so we're in the game. So this is much better than anybody anticipated. And then, of course, when the U.S. ties the game, 3-3, and then Arruzioni scores with 10 minutes to go, that was just insanity. And I remember thinking I just had to, to stay in the game, to stay in the moment, because now the crowd is going crazy. And we're on our, like a ramshackle platform in the front of what would be the, the second level, the balcony, small arena, like seven or 8,000 seats. And the, the, it, it, it's shaking. It's, it's going back and forth and up and down because there's, there's so much stopping of feet and screaming. And of course, the truck is going crazy, too. I got the, the producer in my ear screaming his guts out at me. And all I'm thinking about is, man, like a horse with blinkers, straight ahead, call the game, call the game, call the game, call the game. And I'm doing it. And, and now I'm thinking, U.S. has a 4-3 lead. I mean, whoa. And now you want the clock to get to zero, but it's, it's the clock looks like it's in quicksand. You keep looking <laughs> up at the clock. You know, the clock is like six minutes and 12 seconds. Next time you look up, you're hoping it's like four minutes, but it's like 6.02. So, I mean, only <laughs> 10 seconds have gone by. And I'm th- so now it, it, it goes down to the end. Jim Craig's making some great saves. The U.S. team, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal what Craig did, the, uh, the U.S. goalie. And as the game is coming to its conclusion, people said to me, "Is that? did you think about that? Did I think about it? I thought that the Soviets would win the game 10-2. The puck came out the center ice with about, you know, five seconds to go. And, and there was no time for the Soviets to mount a new attack. And the word that came into my head was miraculous, miraculous. And somehow it got morphed into a, a question and an answer. And then I just let it play for the next 45 to 60 seconds, I guess. So the reality of it is, Colin, that I didn't know exactly what I had said. But what the words that came out were from my heart. It was like, this is so great. This is a miracle. You know, it's a sports miracle. It's not a miracle. Right. miracle. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 so when I said that, that's, that was like the 10-year-old the in me coming out. That had nothing to do with a preordained or thought about lobbies. If you think about what you're going to say, it sounds scripted. So, hey, listen, I got lucky because that was one moment in time. It was the greatest thing. You know, it's the pinnacle of my career in the sense that nothing will ever supplant that for a moment. And, you know, it's 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 nice to be able to live with that as opposed to screwing it up and having to live with that for 40 years. Did you did you know within 24 hours it was iconic, the the call? I did not. Uh, Not at all, because you don't know how long things last you don't know if things have as they say legs uh i didn't in fact i wasn't sure exactly what i had said so the <laughs> game is right the game is it's, it's on tape so Dryden and i we had to stay and do the eight o'clock game sweden finland in case the tape machine broke so everybody else is back at the hotel and I, when i walked into the hotel and everybody's in the bar at like 11 15 we were finally done for the night and everybody's celebrating and excited and everybody would come up to me at the end and go, Oh my God, that was great. What you and I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I kind of think I remember saying something about a miracle, but 
I had no idea what they were really talking about until they kept playing it back to me, obviously, at that point. And um, I thought, well, I thought, yeah, I guess that's one way to put it. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's also, Colin, the, the thing you have to remember, too, is that if, if you're doing a Super Bowl or another game, you can't say something like that because the, you know, the, the crowd is half here, half there. There's a certain percentage rooting you know, for one team and a percentage for the other. This was the one time. The one time when 99.999% of the audience is going one way and the only the only people going the other way are KGB agents. <laughs> yeah, somewhere Alexander Solzhenitsyn was pissed off. <laughs> right. right, exactly. And, and, and just one other addendum to that, Bob Verde, who wrote for the Chicago Tribune, had one of the great leads of all time in the 84 Olympics. Fast forward, we go to Sarajevo, Yugoslavia. ABC puts a lot of eggs in the hockey basket thinking, you know, can they do it again? Not that you could have ever recreated that to begin with. But we go there, and the first game for the U.S. team is against Canada. And they lose like 5-2. to two. <laughs> Bob Verde in the Chicago Tribune, his lead the next day was Dateline Sarajevo. Do you believe in debacles? <laughs> <laughs> Classic. And we end it with that, Al, my friend. Great seeing you. Great talking to you again. And uh, hope you had a good round today at Bel Air. Take care, buddy. I didn't, but this was a lot of fun. Anytime, Colin. You got it. Take care, man. All right. Thank you. All right, my friend, Al Michaels, who does just live around the corner. I hope you enjoyed it. Go to our YouTube channel, The Volume Sports. Go to Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe. Twitter, at The Volume Sports. We love what we're doing here. Long-form interviews, cocktails, never gets old, man. Thanks for supporting us. You have great happy holidays going forward, too. Great time of the year. The Volume. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.